Think of the difference between an iPhone video and a Sundance film. Camera audio versus a studio track. A novice or someone with experience. Sure, each has their place, but which will have maximum impact? Summer Shower Productions, a black-owned, woman-owned production company built to create valuable and inspirational content for you. Whether it's a promotional video, a short film, interviews, event photography, or utilizing our extensive editing and post-production tools to take your already captured content to the next level. We always bring creativity, integrity, and passion to every project we produce. So, consider Summer Shower Productions for your next project. Let's build something great together. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again, back in the building. Dr. Sean Thomas here. I just want to let you know about an awesome summer camp called Nori. Nori Summer Camp is a place to be. As one of the leaders in STEM education, Nori exposes young people to the ever-changing world of technology while showing both boys and girls how fun science and technology can truly be. For more information on how to be a part of this amazing program, visit www.nori.com forward slash summer for more information. Or you can email me directly, drshawn at bemoretoday.com for a discount code which gives you $100 off of your registration. Let's continue to show our kids how great we can be and we can be more together if we just continue to share the knowledge and share the love. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again, back in the building. Dr. Sean Thomas here, episode 61 of the Be More Today show. We are back. We are back. We are back in the building. And folks, it is a good time of the year. The summer is here. We're almost here, right? The, the weather is getting nice. And the Knicks just won a playoff game. Folks, I can't tell you how excited I am for that. But before we talk about any of those things, I've got the biggest Knicks fan in the world on the show today. But as you guys know, Be More Today is is looking at everything, right? We, we focus on everything just being forward. Uh, ordinary people, extraordinary things. And our whole premise for this show is to highlight great things that people are doing uh, around the world, in your neighborhood, around the world in general. And it's been fun doing that right now. The show is heard in 35 countries and it's trending and growing uh, dramatically. So I thank you all for your love and support. It's been a, a, a labor of love, as I always say, but we're blessed every single time you put a show out there and every single time someone buys a book or listen to our podcast or watch the workout online, uh, we appreciate you. So if you're following us on YouTube, like us, subscribe on Instagram, like us, subscribe, Facebook, same thing, Twitter, same thing. And let's just keep putting good content out there uh, for people just to stay active and to enjoy life for what it is. Um, my quote for today is very, very simple. It says, to maintain your balance in the storm, you must first fix your gaze. Uh, and I'm relating this to my Knicks fans out there because, you know, I'm a Knicks fan as well. And, yo, we've been going through a lot of stuff in New York, right? Brooklyn Nets are that team uh, that's been going out there, and they have everybody on their squad, right? They got everybody. Probably the, the greatest lineup ever. Uh, but the Knicks last night won their first playoff game in years. And, yo, if you watched the Garden last night, it was electric. You wouldn't even have thought that people were in a pandemic anymore. That place was packed with people. And it was insane to see the grit and 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 the energy and the determination that this team has had to get to this point. And yo, if you're a Knicks fan and you're from New York, you know we've been through some storms when it comes to winning. Uh, and uh, if you if you follow Spike at all, you've always seen him in the front. No matter what's going on, still cheering, still hype, still live. No matter what's going on, fixing his gaze on the future of what basketball could be. So. Are we going to win a championship this year? Who knows, right? That's not even really what we're talking about. We're just talking about the, the fact that we can get through a storm and get to a win. And people have been going through that in their own personal lives as well. So whether you're a Nick fan going through the basketball storm of, of trying to, to get to a better place or in your personal life, recognize that whatever you're trying to go through, you got to fix your eyes on a certain goal. And if you do that long enough, then you will truly at some point in time see a victory. And my guest on the show right now is not just the biggest Knicks fan in the world, but he's also one of the biggest music fans in the world. And his name is Alex Domashek. Now, listen, folks, I know music. I love music. But this guy right here is music. He is the culture, right? We always say do it for the culture, for the culture. He is doing it for the culture. He is a live music promoter and event producer with over 12 years of experience curating concerts, 
nightlife, and impactful cultural activities. Now, as the founder of Move Forward Music, a Brooklyn-based concert company, Alex has produced and debuted New York shows for artists like Kendrick Lamar, Juice World, The Baby, Doja Cat, and story music venues like Webster's Hall and SOBs. More recently, he has been live streaming virtual concerts on Twitch, which, where he has an exclusive deal with the platform to produce music content. He's also my boy. He's my best friend's boy. I went to this guy's <laughs> wedding. Yo, we played basketball together in Urban League. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage the biggest Knicks fan alive, Alex Damashek. Yo, Brody, what's going on? Hey, man, it's the birds are chirping, the sun is shining, and Trey, Trey Young is balding. And, and New York Knicks won a basketball game. That's all I can say. It's a beautiful day to be uh, to, to be a Knicks fan. Um, and listen, you know, the, the world is opening up little by little. It's a, it's a great day to be a human being. I'm in a, I'm in a very positive mood. You caught me in a, you caught me in a good headspace, man. Yes, sir. Been waiting for this day for a long time. I said, let me um, make sure I, I can schedule this show around a potential Nick win. It's just <laughs> to go down that way. So well oh, done. Yeah, well done. Listen, Alex, you know, I, 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 I love what you do. You know, clearly your wife Thank is you. my girl. So I love her to death. And we love Nico to death. I've, I've had the privilege of, 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 of seeing your journey uh, with Monica and with your son. And even with the stuff you've been doing, I've been to a, a venue or two of yours in the past. And I just love the stuff that you've been doing when it comes to music. Um, I love the Thank fact you, that- Thank you, man. Appreciate uh, it. An old school cat who recognizes the old and the new and just continues to bring things to life, whether it's the A-liner or the A-lister or, you know, or not. And I have so many questions for you about, you know, how, how you got there. Um, and my first one for you is, you know, I I don't know a lot of music promoters, right? I know a lot of people who <clears throat> they are, are are agents who represent certain people, but I don't know a lot of people who actually promote music. Um, and I'm so curious about how you got into doing this because it's not one of the uh, streamlined things that people, you know, usually get into uh, as a, as a career or profession. So, um, what does a music promoter do, and how did you mm-hmm. get into this uh, uh, this this field? Well, essentially, um, you know, we, we, we produce concerts. So I think, you know, a lot of people have gone to a concert. You know, everyone loves going to see live music. Um, and people don't think about all the different pieces and the moving parts that have to go, uh, that have to come together in order for that artist to be on that stage in that city, you know, at that time performing for, for all those people. So there's a lot of um, logistics on both sides, both on the artist represented representative side and um from the venue and and the the production side <clears throat> so i'm on the the production and promotion side um and essentially we work we work with i'm i'm the go between between the artists and the venues uh, we contract the artists to perform um we rent the venue space out um and you know we we basically produce and stage the the entire production from um, from again, you know, from reaching out to the artist to uh, um, uh, contract them to perform, to secure the deal, you know, to get them on on that date and that time to find the venue, um, always the right venue, you know, the right room to fit the vibe um, on the date when the artist is touring, which is usually a pretty small window. So you got to, you know, do some, you know, uh, move, moving around to get on the calendar to, to get the artist in there at the right time. Um, then we put the show on sale, promote it, market it through through social media, through our email list, um, all the way to the day of the show. You know, we're there making sure that all the equipment is in place. You know, the artist has the right backline, the right gear, um, you know, that the fans are able to get in uh, seamlessly. Just, you know, overall ensuring that the entire experience is is good, both from the artist side and from the fan side. Um, and then, you know, the ultimate payoff is at the end of all that being in the room, you know, hopefully it's the sold out room. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting back to this time, hopefully, you know, where it's a sold out room and people are packed elbow to elbow together and everyone's reacting to that song or that note that the artist is hitting at the same time. And I think that's the real magic of live music that this past year and a half with COVID has really shown us like that we're missing is that, you know, emotional connection of being in the same room with a stranger, but you're hearing the same music at the same time and you're feeling the bass in your feet and you're singing along to it together. And there's that 
instant connection that I think is really hard to duplicate in almost any other setting. So that's um, what I've always loved about it. And it's sort of the broad overview of, of, of what we do. Mm, that is extensive uh, mm-hmm. and, and crazy because, you know, just thinking about what we went through, you mentioned uh, people getting back to that. I know during COVID-19, you and I connected a little bit talking about possibly being on the show. And, I, and you said something to me that I remember you said, you know, it, it's, it was hard. It's, it's, it's hard right now because you weren't doing uh, what you were doing. There were no concerts being held. It was really hard to connect with certain groups and even get people to do mm-hmm. anything. It was shut down. Um, and now that we're coming out of that, um, you know, seeing light with platforms opening up and shows opening up, even on Broadway and other other venues, um, things are coming back to life. What were you doing during that time? Uh, you know, we, we had the quote earlier about keeping your balance during the storm. That was definitely a storm for a lot of yeah. businesses, right? And especially for yours, because yours is so connected to people being mm-hmm. in the room and people being able to experience something together. So what what was going through your mind, for one, during that time? And how have you uh, uh, taken the steps now to get back to what you love doing uh, now that things are opening up? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, <clears throat> well, first, to kind of go back a little bit to your original question about how I got into it. Um, you know, I, I think being a, a concert promoter, it, it is it is sort of a non-traditional path, even within the music industry. But it's also one that allows for just a, for for an independent hustle to really like take center stage. And, and, and as an entrepreneur, somebody who like I always wanted to work for myself. Um, and as soon as I saw that window as an opportunity, something that I could do, I, I really I dove into it. Um, so everything, you know, it was. 10 years building, uh, getting to 2020, um, 2019 was the best year that I had as a, as a business. Um, 2020 was starting off great. Everything was, you know, we're really, um, sort of on full throttle and it was, it was like a light switch, man. It was like, you know, we started hearing rumblings about COVID-19 in February and I would hear from like an agent who, you know, oh. Uh, my artists had a trip to China, but they canceled it because of COVID-19, but it still felt like something that was, you know, so far away at that point. And then uh, three weeks later, you know, South by Southwest was getting canceled. And um, a week after that, the whole, you know, the the whole world was shut down, basically. And, um, you know, our income went from steady and, you know, like I said, we were having one of the best quarters we'd have. Uh, to non-existent so you know we literally if you look at if it's a chart it's not like a downward slope it's like a 90 degree angle you know like <laughs> straight up zero zero dollars in revenue um from from uh april to um basically the second and third quarter of uh, of, of 2020 so it, it was a really dark time it was it was um it was super scary and you know in the very beginning it sort of felt like oh maybe this will be a, a few months um, you know, and then we'll get back to it. No, I think nobody had any idea of, of you know, the scale or the length of the, the lockdowns, everything was going to take. So um, the worst time was like about around this time last year, you know, May, June, when it, it really felt like this is we're in here for the long haul. And um, I just didn't know how the venues were even going to survive because on a, in a regular time, um, running a music venue is is a really low margin business, and I don't own my own venue. I'm a, I'm a promoter, so I, I work with all the, the independent venues as partners. But I, you know, I'm very familiar with the sort of struggles that they face just on a day to day basis, keeping up with all their bills and expenses and everything. Um, so it was inconceivable to me that these venues could stay stay closed for, you know, uh, six weeks, let alone six months, let alone eighteen months. Um, so I, I didn't really even have a sense of what uh, the, what industry we would be coming back to if we were coming back at all. So but also at the same time, I mean, everybody went into immediate survival mode. Right. It wasn't like really a lot of time. To think about the future because nobody knew what the, the future was was going to look like. So, you know, we have you know, we have a three year old, my son, Nico. Um, he was two at the time. And um my wife, Monica, my wife was, was working full-time still working from home. So I pretty much jumped into daddy daycare, you know, mode, um, just full-time taking care of my son, uh, which was, you know, one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. 
but also, you know, the beyond the most fulfilling. I mean, it was an incredible time looking back on it, just hanging out with him every day, going to the beach and, you know, hanging out in the backyard and, you know, just soaking that up, being able to, to spend those those minutes with him that normally I would have been working, you know, or focused on something when, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not not nearly as important as that. So to me, you know, that was that was a real blessing. And, uh, you know, we were, I was, I feel super fortunate for that. Luckily my, you know, my whole family, we, we were pretty quarantined in, but we made it through the whole COVID without catching it, you know, in good health. And, uh, I think a lot of people, but especially in the music industry where it's really fast paced and it's a lot of, um, always on the go, always thinking ahead, always, you know, under pressure, it, it ended up being sort of, uh, just a, a, a reprieve that everybody kind of needed to um, just take a step back and like try to enjoy some things in life, you know, and, and, and be more focused on, on yourself. So, you know, started trying to eat better, exercise more, spend more time with the family and value that as much as possible. And, you know, things, things just kept, kept trying to push, push forward day by day. That was the motto of 2020 day by day. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, you know, everything, everything, things really did, did sort of work out. And, you know, obviously a lot of bad, really sad and depressing things happened last year, but, but um, overall, I feel like we're in a, you know, we're in a good place now. Concert industry is, is uh, actually relatively healthy. And I think things got so bad in the economy overall that um, it wasn't like landlords were trying to push venues out necessarily because, you know, there wasn't really anywhere else to go. So um a lot more of the venues survived than I thought. And then the government actually passed the um, Save Our Stages Act, which is, or it's called the Shutter Venue Operators Grant now, but it's um, uh, a, a bill that's intended to help small small venues and promoters. Nobody's gotten their money yet. Of course, it's a, it's a mess because it's distributed by the government, but it is it is law. So we're, we're hoping everybody gets the help that they need and the industry comes back and you know, just overall, like I said, I think even across industries, it, it was a nice, um, you know, step back from that just daily grind. Um, yeah, so that's what that's worth. Awesome. So now you're back, right? Moving forward or move forward music is is up and running um, and mm-hmm. you're doing so many great things now. So talk to me about, about what makes move forward music different than any other promoter. All right. And talk to me about who makes up your team. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, so um, initially when I launched Move Forward Music, you know, uh, my motto has always been just like, got to keep, keep pushing forward, keep, move, keep moving forward. Um, whether you take a loss or you have a celebrating a big win, you know, don't spend too much time dwelling on what's already happened. You got to take, take what happened in the past and let it inform your next step. But you got to just keep taking that next step. Otherwise, you end up, you know, you end up getting stagnant. So that's sort of the 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 motto of of the company, and uh, I apply that to artists too in a creative sense. Like I try to focus on artists that are progressive and doing something, you know, doing something that's pushing the culture forward. You know, I want all my events to to to, to do that as well, um, and and be real community based. Um, around you know, in the early two thousands, I was. Um, you know, we were kicking around trying to figure out how to really make the business work. And I, I just noticed that people weren't, there was a, there was a space for in New York city in particular for uh, a New Yorker as a promoter, especially in hip hop and, and R and B to come in and, and, uh, and serve that space in a way that really wasn't being done right. A lot of the, a lot of the being promoters, a tough gig. So it, you know, it's, it's, uh, you got to risk a lot of money, you don't make a lot of money, especially in the beginning. You could lose money doing shows if the show doesn't turn out, you know, that doesn't sell, it doesn't turn out the way that you think think it will. So it's um it's hard for a lot of people to get in, especially in New York. So what I started to notice was a lot of the people that were working at venues and, and doing the show, the talent buying and promoting, they they weren't from the city. They were which is not to speak ill of anybody. You know, I have great friends across all these venues that are not from New York, but um you know, I, I thought that that was a, a kind of a shame that artists could be coming to this great city, you know, this historic place and not really be interacting with somebody who's from from here that really has, a you know, a, a feel for the culture and, and and the vibe of New York. So I took that on as, as a mantle. I think that's my first 
um, differentiating factor. And, uh, you know, I just really, I, I love, I love live music. I was describing to you before, like how I love that feeling of seeing people react to songs together and like come together. So it's always been something I've been passionate about. Um, and, uh, so, you know, that's, that's, we've, we've just been, we have built a reputation for being first on everybody. I don't do a lot of like big arena shows or even big theater, like, you know, larger theater shows. We do a lot of small clubs, 250 capacity, 400 capacity, you know, things like that. Um, but you like, you know, we, we, we are known for getting everybody's first show. So when you come to New York city for, for the first time, um, I'm I'm sort of the guy, and I, I I take a lot of pride in 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 being able to shepherd that experience for an artist, you know, to their first time in New York. You know, I I take a lot of pride in making sure that it's going to go as well as it can go, and um and you know and be a true New York experience. You know what I'm saying? It might be some pizza in the backstage, and it's going to be good pizza. You know, <laughs> uh, but uh uh also in the pandemic, we were able to make um a really effective pivot to digital uh we started we, we did this uh exclusive partnership with twitch to create um live music content for them so we've been uh fortunate in that respect too uh to be able to stay you know there was a good six months where we were totally like, totally dark and weren't doing any business at all but um in october we launched uh a, a virtual music festival called move forward fest and then we've been live streaming um artists since then and we're we're gearing up to sort of uh do that again with a, a hybrid in-person live stream experience that we're going to do out throughout the summer so that's that's an, another you know in the 2020s you know we'll, we'll we'll see how the whole industry shakes out with live streaming and everything but we have this um we have this incredible platform to be able to live live stream these you know those moments that i was telling you about those first moments that artists are coming to new york in a small intimate club now we're we're able to broadcast it around the world um so that's pretty exciting yeah i love the pivot i mean a lot of people talk about they had to pivot during some point in time during this pandemic and you pivoted in the right direction clearly um talk to me a little more about about twitch i know a little bit about it but i know mm -hmm. that there's subscriptions involved somehow so and everything is moving more towards these subscriptions digital virtual uh platforms so what is twitch exactly and and how does that subscription model if you guys are doing that model work well twitch started as a, a gaming um platform primarily so it's 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 primarily set up as a for people to live stream themselves playing video games for other people to watch and then chat with them about uh about the you know about the gaming that's sort of like i'm not a huge gamer i play a little nba 2k or whatever but i'm not you know necessarily logging on to watch other people play but it's a huge huge market um and they built a massive business around it they have millions of users and, you know, these guys who are the top gamers, man, they get paid like LeBron. They're like, you know, they sign in $20 million contracts to exclusively game um, with the different, you know, like there's Twitch. And then I think uh, Amazon has a service and YouTube, YouTube gaming. And like, there's the, you know, the, 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 the audience is really, really for esports. That's what they, what they call it. So um, Twitch was built around that. And the subscription model is sort of like a way for people to support their favorite gamers and get favorite streamers. Um, Cause it's, you know, from there it, it sort of expanded beyond streaming to different things like this, everything from, you know, gaming to DJing to live music to like, um, you know, I know there's one, there's a channel that a girl plus plays chess and she's super successful and has a lot of subscribers just playing chess and giving like chess um, guidance and stuff like that. Um, so that you, you can do anything on it. It's basically a really effective live broadcast, uh, platform that's, you know, easy, easy to set up for, for a user. Um, this is a little bit of technical know-how involved in it. It's, it takes a little bit of learning for sure. Um, but basically anybody can set up a channel and then broadcast themselves live doing, doing whatever they're doing. Um, whether it's gaming or like anything else fishing you know anything there's all different kind of stuff on there um <clears throat> even like you know it's a, it's a great platform too just like you know those politicians are on there too like uh alexandria Casa cortez is always is like frequently on there giving talks and taking taking questions from the chat and stuff like that so uh during the when the pandemic happened 
um, all the DJs started to go online and try to do, you know, virtual DJ sets or like whatever DJ from home. And it's uh, Instagram has was the first place. You know, I'm sure you saw the D nice DJ sets. Right. And all that. Um, but Instagram has very stringent uh, copyright law, like uh, restrictions. So, you know, it's all well and good if you're D nice and you could call up the, you know, head of music partnerships at Instagram and, and get your stuff cleared. But for the average DJ, it was hard to DJ for more than five minutes without getting your stream cut. You know, they would, they would kick you offline. So a lot of the DJs started going over to Twitch where they, they have, they have copyright regulations too, but it's a little bit, it's a little looser. Um, the takedowns at least are a little looser to, to, to take someone down live while they're streaming live. So they, uh, they, the, they started, you know, the music community just started popping up there. And um, uh, that's how, you know, they, they ended up, we ended up in a conversation with them and they sort of tapped us to do the live, you know, live, bring live music content onto the, onto the platform. And in terms of the subscription, it basically operates like a, you know, it's a five, there's, there's tiers, it's a $5, $10 or $24 a month subscription. Um, and it's really like, there's perks that you can, every streamer can offer their own perks for it. Like the, the one that you always get is, you, you know, no ads on the stream, but sometimes you, know, you can get physical merch for it. Or, um, you know, there's a, some, some streamers will have a private discord channel, which is a separate chat app. We can have private channels where people can go in and chat. You get access to that as you subscribe. Um, but really it's primarily as a way for people to support the creators or whatever they're watching. Um, and Twitch has a great, uh, revenue share model where the money gets paid out monthly to the creators. So it's, um, it's a sort of seamless way to like directly support the people that you're, you know, the, the kind of creatives that you, that you're watching and engaging with. Um, yeah, and it's been a great, it's been a great platform. I think it's, it's underutilized still in music and, and for me, for musicians, but it, uh, it's a great way to, co to connect with fans and build and build community. And we've been, you know, we've been enjoying it. That's great. You know, I'm learning more about that myself. Um, just trying to find other platforms to put post content on. Twitch sounds like it's an amazing new platform to, to hop onto. And um, thank you for sharing that. I really, really appreciate it. Listen, I, yeah, I know sure. that, um, you know, a lot of artists, um, you, you work with so many people, right? You're, the the bios that you you shared has so many big time names. Um how do, how do you get in contact with them? Do they contact you? Do you reach out to them? How does that connection ever be, um, really become? It's, it's a, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, part of, uh, part of keeping my position is reminding everybody that I'm here in a, in a sense. So you gotta like, you know, stay ahead of, of, uh, of, of what's hot, what's coming and, and, and reach out and let people know you want to do the show. But also we, you know, I've been doing this now for 12 years. So, I've built a, um, I've, I've built the, you know, my, my name and reputation is enough where we, we have a great relationships. Also the relationships is the, is the key thing, obviously with, with all this stuff, you know, any business, but we have great relationships where with the booking agencies and talent management and things where when the artist is coming, you know, when they're ready to come to New York, we typically get, get the call. And it's really a lot about, um, uh, you know, just being able to work out the, the right deal and the right dates. Like I was saying before, it's where, where we can line it up. Um, so it's a little bit of both, you know, we, I, I have to stay active. I, I keep young people, you know, around me or, or at least I'm always talking to young people and, and, and um, trying to find out what they're listening to. Um, you know, and when we're, when we're doing shows regularly, I always go to the shows and a part of it is to, you know, make sure everything goes well, but I have, I have people that can help with that. But for me, the most important thing, which I don't think a lot of people would think, ironically, the most important thing is just watching the crowd and seeing what, you know, what people react to. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm able to take cues from that and apply that to um, just when I'm, when I go about listening to new music and stuff, just I have a sort of composite idea of what, people react to and like what's you know what's hot what's going to make you know make people uh excited um so it's it's really uh it's a mix you know it's a, it's a mix of sort of know like you know always trying to like knowing what the next trend is going to be um but also keeping up great relationships and doing good work by a lot of people so that 
when you know when from when some you know when the, when an agent is looking for their first play in New York and they have to have to make sure that it's a, you know that it's a win and it sells out and it's going to be a great experience for the artist you know that they that they come to me so keeping that keeping that relationship up and keeping just the the output consistent so that people see um that they can trust us to do that you know and then always delivering every time or as you know as much as we can yeah no i hear you um so you, you know you mentioned looking at the crowd and that being your your gauge to see how things are going um now that you're doing virtual concerts again and have this new platform on twitch where you're also streaming where you can't see the people right mm -hmm. um, how how do you gauge those environments where you know you really can't see the people you can engage with them but you really can't see how they're responding and have that same uh temperament that you would use for the the in-person concerts um yeah it's hard it's hard yeah. um i mean you know twitch has a great chat function so that's you know it's it's a, you get you get to see a little bit of reaction but it's not i mean it's not the same it's nothing compared to what i'm talking about because what i'm saying when i go to the shows it's like just even just watching people's faces and seeing you know seeing the emotion you can't you know you look you don't get that with the live stream and there's no there's no mincing words about it. I mean, there's no, I was slow to embrace live streaming because, you know, it, it was a little frustrating right in the beginning of the pandemic um, when a lot of, so people outside the industry were like, oh, don't worry, the concert industry is going to be okay. They can live stream. Like as if that was like, just like a, like a, like an easy replacement, like Coke and Pepsi is this like a totally different experience. You know, I think live streaming is cool. I think it, it it's, it sort of opened up a lane and created um, a new format for content for for all different types of artists that like maybe aren't big enough to perform on SNL or do an NPR tiny desk. You know, now there's a there's an avenue for for artists to create you know some like that type of performance content, um, and and there's an appetite for fans to watch it. So I think that's cool, but it you it will never replace the actual feeling of being at a show. So really, there's, there there is no replacement for it. Um, I had to just rely super on my um, on my own like curation, my own ears, and you know all like I said that sort of composite idea that I've built up over the years of um, of doing this and, and being able to go to shows and 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 you know witness those reactions and stuff. Um, it's really a lot more built on that, and like you know you you you're booking more based on like. Well, it's actually it's interesting because initially I was I was booking a lot based on internet buzz and you know just sort of what what felt like it was hot. Um, but then as we got a little bit more into uh, the programming, I started shifting and booking more onto what I, what I felt was um, going to uh, going to translate best in a in a lot in like a in a live stream format. You know, if someone's watching it through their phone um with no crowd you know what's what's that gonna work and you know we did a lot of like we did a lot probably like a little bit more r&b um the hip-hop that we did we i tried to focus on stuff that had like really strong lyrical content um because obviously like you know a lot of rappers they are more based on energy and vibe and like that is not you know it's not it's, it's sort of lost in the in the live stream format so i had to adjust a little bit but it, you know, it's, it was it was tough in, in terms of that. I think I can't wait to get back to doing shows again in real life. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Um, it's funny. So a, a lot of people, um, you know, you and I are from the same generation, but a lot of people who are older than us, you know, talk about music today not being the same as how it used to be. Right. Talking about how uh, uh, the, the people who you may hear on the radio or wherever streaming service you're using, it's just different, right? It's just different. And I think music is that thing where people can, you know, either you like it or you hate it, you know, everyone's different in terms of that because however you grow up and your culture and where you're from is all, it's all different. But since you're in this industry and you're surrounded by so many people, you know, what are your thoughts on the current trends in music right now when it comes to hip hop and R&B? Uh, being from New York, right? New York is like the, the, the main stage for, for hip hop, especially, you know, Brooklyn, right? We're both from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. You can say that. So it's it's very, very interesting to always get the perspective of people who are from and live in Brooklyn talking about music that's playing today. 
compared to, you know, the greats that we had back in the day and maybe even who's going to come after us for this new generation of music. What are your thoughts on the music vibe right now, especially just not in Brooklyn, but around the world with hip hop and R&B in this in this day and age? Yeah, I, I listen, I think it's great. I think I think it's um I think it's I think we're in a great place. I think you have artists from around the world that respect one another and, and are connecting with each other in a way that probably wasn't happening 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um and um I think that there's I mean, there's there's incredible new artists in R and B and Neo Soul right now that's amazing, super exciting. That's a really the space that I've been loving for the last couple of years. Um Latin music has exploded on a global level and people are starting to realize that it's more than just, you know, traditional tropical and reggaeton and there's all different shades in between. Afro beats is a global movement. Um <clears throat> you have artists from Africa and there's a whole, you know, the um British expats that are, you know, um leading this scene. I, I think it's I think it's I think it's a really great place. Um and I say like, you know, music is always of the time that it's in. So I mean, I find it funny, you know, our generation is a lot, you hear a lot of like, you know, hip hop fans from of the nineties, you know, that really don't like what they hear in today's music where they don't understand it. And that's why I think it's really more the latter. It's like you don't understand it because you're not in the streets like you might have been, you know, in the 90s. You're not at the club. You're not, you know, you're not you're not soaking this music up in the way that it's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be absorbed. And I mean, I think it's like, you know, every generation goes through that. So it's it's funny that we we as in our generation think that like the buck stops with us and like we're right this time. But like literally in the 90s, you had dudes in the 80s saying, oh, this this is golden era hip hop. This isn't, this isn't the true school hip hop. And then in the eighties, you had the pan- those parents saying like, Oh nah, like this is a funk and disco. Like, you don't know nothing about, you listen to the grandmaster flash. You don't know nothing about the gap band and whatever. You know what I mean? Like this is generation to generation going back to Mozart, you know, he was playing too many notes and, 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 you know, people didn't understand what he was doing. So I think that music is always changing and it's always going to be, it's always going to be different. Um, and, um, and, you know, literally go through the eras, man, Charlie Parker. Oh, now that's, you know, it's too crazy. Like now he's a legend. So I think that you, um, you have to take that for what it is. And for me, it's always about looking what, um, what, what the youth are are enjoying, you know, what young people are into. It's so easy to say that young people are stupid or, you know, they're just misguided or whatever, you know, whatever terms you want to pick out that have literally been used for centuries since the beginning of time. You have older people saying young people don't know what's going on. And the truth is, like, maybe they don't in a lot of in some ways. But what like what the youth is feeling now is going to be what pop culture is in 10 years. You know, like what, what, what people who are teenagers are driven by right now that's going to influence the world 10 years from now. And that's just a fact. Like you can't, you can't escape it. So to say that one music is, you know, one generation of music is, is, is better or worse. It's the wrong way to look at it. You have to, you have to, you have to try to find what, what is good about, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to find what the kids are connecting to about the new music um, and that's how you realize that it's that it's actually good. It may not be good in the way that you understand what that means, but it is doing something for somebody on like you know for and it's for, on an emotional level and it's bringing mass groups of people together. So, you know, like uh, in in the two thousands, I was doing a, a, a weekly party at Webster Hall called House Party. Um, and we would, it was like 2000 kids a, a week. It was, um, a four week Webster hall was, was a, it's sort of changed now cause it got renovated, but it was a four story, um, venue. So we had music going in, in all different floors. Each room had a slightly different format. Um, and this was like 2014, 2015, 2016. It was, uh, like the SoundCloud rap era, which I think was, a very abrasive shift in the sound and like sort of sonic uh, aesthetic of, of hip hop at the time. And there was a lot of pushback about mumble rap and, you know, and a lot of that was, you know, was 
fact, it was true in a lot, you know, objectively if you saw from, from outside, but being able to see kids that were 18 to 22 in that period and being in that club every week and watching the reactions, that's what first, that's where I really like started to believe and like, you have to watch how people react to stuff because, um, you know, that's we did like Fetty Wap when he had a Trap Queen song and Ray Strummerd and these type of guys. It sounded it sounded so weird the first time you heard it, and then just watching people absorb it and react to it, I was like, oh wow! I I started to get it and actually started to really dig it. Now that's not not to, not to say that it necessarily stands the test of time as classic music or anything, but like I said, music is of the time that it's in, and I think everything has a time place right now like i said last three years um neo soul and r&b i feel like you've been making a huge um comeback you know um i think a, like a sort of a, a watershed moment was like the solange seat at the table album you had SZA, and then there's just uh there's so many um amazing young artists that have come up sort of in in the wake of that uh, we're already doing stuff, but have like have sort of rode that momentum, and there's a really a really great scene um, in neo soul and R and B and um, and hip hop as well has sort of shifted a little bit back into more more lyricism. I think I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that because again, you know, people were in the house, not turning up at the club, not feeling the energy of you know of um, of a more vibey type of, of rapper, and we're looking for something a little bit more you know, heady that they could, you know, wrap their mind around. Um, so everything is cyclical and, you know, I think it just reflects what's going on in, in the time, man. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, that's a great way to look at it. And uh, I'm excited for all the, the collaborations that have been going on with, with uh, people from different generations still coming together and doing stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm open to listening to all the new stuff too. A lot of my aides tell me, oh, you got to listen to this, you got to listen to this. And I'm like, I don't know guys, but when I listen to it, I'm like, you know what? I see it. I see what's going on. Yeah. Um, I'm really trying to not be like my parents were in terms of saying what you just said, but to really embrace everything that's going forward and to, and to recognize that the trajectory is all about, um, you know, the bigger picture, that we're going to be doing things based on time frames. And yeah, like you said, some are going to be classics for life. Like there's just some song that you hear that's going to be a song for ages, ages, ages. And there's some songs like, yeah, you know what? You know, what? that's for a time. That's definitely right. For a time. But I do agree with the lyricism, like the, the lyrics for certain songs. I think that's what a lot of people were, were looking at and just looking at, like you said, during this COVID-19 time, people using that time to really put some time and energy and some and passion and experience into those things. So I think that that will bring a lot of people from different decades back to uh, the neo souls and and whoever else of, of this of this era. My mom actually was asking me. Uh, she's like, so where do you go to to hear new music? Because you know, where do you, where do you go? And I'm like, you know what, mom, that's a good question. Um, so what what do you do when you talk about trying to to hear new music and new songs? Just so I can let her know, let others know. Where do you go when you want to hear new music from new artists? What's what's the best place to go to to, to find that? Uh, you mean like online or or in in real life? Anywhere, online, real life, anywhere, yeah. I mean, so but online, like, for me, it's like I, I always, like, I get a lot through social media, um, you know, and, and just uh, the, the sort of network that I've curated for myself over the years. Um, I have, like, a rule of three when you, uh, when, when, you, when you hear something from three different sources. Um, that's when you know that there's something there and then you can kind of dig in and see if that's like worth really, really um, like uh, investing in. But that's more from like the business side in terms of like, you know, finding new stuff. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, like I, I go to, I think you got to go to shows, you know, I, I encourage everybody to like, go, go see some live music. I mean, when you go to, when you go to the show in between, you know, the acts, the DJs playing music, they're, you know, they're putting, you, you get finding out about new stuff. And then, you, like you said, you get to see live reactions. Like, if people are, like, if this is something that if people are digging, you know, and, and that you should really follow up on. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of great playlists on Spotify um, and um, Audio Mac that I, that I like to follow. Um, so, yeah, you got to just do some digging. I think, I, I don't think there's one place. I think it's, um, you know, everybody has to like, there's so much out there, which I know gets very overwhelming for people, but if you just, um, 
even to start with just Spotify, like go through some, go through some of the, some of the genre playlists and then do some exploring through there. Um, you know, one cool tip that I, I think on, on Spotify is you find an artist that you like, um, and you go in the about section, there's a little thing that says, um, discovered on, um, and you can find playlists that that artist was discovered on by other people. And then some, you know, you can dig into those playlists and, um, you never know what you'll find, but I think there's, you know, it's got to be open to it. There's, there, there's a lot out there. Um, so yeah, you got to just be open to, to, to hearing new stuff. I think that's the first, the first thing. A lot of people, are, once you hit, I, I read a study once that once you hit 33, your like capacity for absorbing new music degrades like, um, exponentially from there in your life like you just want to listen to the stuff that you're familiar with like like your brain has or at that age has absorbed as much music as it can and it just wants to like stick with what it knows so i think you got to fight through that and just be open to it and um like uh, you know try new stuff try new sounds it's mm, very interesting listen alex um you know be more today is my thing it's my baby i wrote this whole book about it uh with the podcast about it all kinds of stuff right and I've been asking everybody what that phrase means to them, what Be More Today means to them. So you are number 61 on this show, my friend. When you hear the phrase <laughs> Be More Today, uh, what does that mean to you? I, you know, I thought about this beforehand. Um, and I think um, I think for me, it means like uh, being, being comfortable, being more comfortable with who you are and what you want in your life. And um and, and make strides to achieve those things. You know, I think a lot of times we, we um, are stuck on this very sort of traditional linear idea of success that's tied to money and, you know, professional accolades. Um, and that's not always the, the most fulfilling thing for everybody. You know, I, I think that, um, I think that you have to find the, find the things that really make you happy and try to shut out a lot of the expectations um, that the world and society puts on your back and, um, and, you know, zero in on those things and, and, and go for that. Cause to me, it's like, you know, it may, it may be a better career opportunity or a more obvious relationship choice or whatever to do one thing. But if that's, that might just, you know, I think you got to question yourself sometimes and, and, and say like, is this really what I want? Or is this what, you know, society is telling me that I want? And, um, I think, uh, you know, really identifying the things that make you tick and, and embracing that. And, you know, everyone has their own idiosyncrasies and things of that nature. Um, and just, you know, going after those, you know, like be, be, be more of yourself, you know, and, and, uh, um, yeah, that's why I have to be more of yourself. Yeah, I appreciate that. Listen, any any final tips you want to share with uh, up and coming promoters, um, anyone who's trying to do the same kind of stuff you're doing, or any artists who are trying to uh, connect with you to to be uh, promoted or to be you know uh, showcased in one of your shows. Artists, um, send me a DM on Instagram at MF Music. Move forward, music. MF Music is the handle. Um, in terms of people trying to get into concert promotion or any part of the music industry, um, the great part about it is you can hustle your way in. You don't need, um, a certain degree. You don't need really anything other than just a real willingness to dive into it. And, um, I would say that the, you know, the first step, I mean, I'm a little biased, but the first step is going, going, go to some live shows, especially if you want to be a promoter, like start going to shows, um, and you know if you if you really about if you really want to like you go to shows and, and you have that experience that I had and you feel like oh I love live music it's something I want to be a part of just chat somebody up at the venue you know like talk to, even if it's like a bartender or a security guard you know you never know what kind of info they might have or or whatever maybe someone's looking for an intern or something and I think you got to just um put yourself out there and, and, um, and show, show a willingness to hustle for it. Cause that's one thing in the music industry. Everyone likes to see is that someone's like really passionate and willing to work hard. And, um, I'll say that it's, you know, it's never one big break. Everyone thinks that, you know, there's this Hollywood story of, you know, you meet one person and they take, you know, whatever. I'm sure that happens sometimes, but I don't think that's something to bank on. It's really, you got to do it brick by brick. You know, you meet one person, they introduce you to another person, they give you an opportunity, 
you do good there, then you meet other people. It just goes piece by piece. And if you keep, um, if you keep pushing, um, you'll, you'll break through, you know, and, and you'll find, you'll find something. And I think you'll, you'll be able to find your space. I mean, the quote that you said in the beginning reminded me of a quote that I read. Um, I started a company in 2000 at the end of 2008. So it's right after, after Barack got elected the first time. And I read this quote that always stuck with me and said, if you, if you're walking down the right road and, and I might have, I might have it exactly, but if you're walking down the right road and you're willing to keep walking, eventually you'll make progress. And that's something that I try to live by fits in with move forward music and everything. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I think. That's a great, great words to, to end on. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Alex, where can folks follow you or connect with you on social media or otherwise? Yeah. Social media, like it says, MF music um, on Facebook, it's move forward. Music is one word, but on Twitter and Instagram, MF music, um, hit me up, send me a DM. I'm, I'm always happy to, to, to build with people. I like to try to help, um, you know, point people in the right direction wherever I can. So I'm happy to connect. It's awesome. been great. Great talking to you, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you so much. Last question. Yo, Knicks, Knicks, how far can they go in the playoffs? Let me get your Let's go. I think we could, I think we could go, I think we could go game, game five or six in the second round. I think we're going to, I think, I, I think we're going to take the Hawks. I think the Hawks, the Hawks series definitely goes to at least six games. I think we're going to win. And I think we could go five games in the second round. That's my prediction. All right, folks, you heard it here first. Alex, I appreciate you so much. Biggest Knicks fan, biggest music promoter. I appreciate you so much. And listen, my hashtag in life before Be More Today was always on the move. So I really you know, appreciate man. Move Music. We have the same mindset, same mentality. So I appreciate What's you up, man? today. Again, to maintain your balance in the storm, you must fix your gaze. Fix your gaze. You've done that. And I really appreciate all the work you're doing. And I just wish you the best moving forward. Thank you, bro. It's all love. Oh, man. Appreciate and you, man. Folks, continue to follow us and be more today. We're everywhere. Our music, our, our podcasts, our workouts are on YouTube. Um, we appreciate you guys so much. Any questions about trying to reach out to me or Alex, you can email me directly at drshawn at bemoretoday.com. And again, my boy T. Farrell has Worth Life podcast every single Wednesday. Folks, as always, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. And continue to take yourself to be the best version of you. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.